Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I just wanted to sweat a little bit, wondering whether or not I survived the removal of a decades-old shed from my backyard. I did, but true to form, I told you I was a Freddy cat, so I stayed inside the house the entire time as they were dismantling the shed with sledgehammers. I actually really did want to go ask if I could grab a sledgehammer and give it a couple swings. It looks therapeutic, (laughs) especially after the week I've had. If only I worked in demo and I could sledgehammer a good wall or a shed now and then. I feel as though a lot of my anxiety and frustration would melt away with every swing. But they didn't ask me. Probably insurance, liability, something like that. So I watched safely from inside. There were bugs. You guys, there were definitely bugs. Those wooden bug things. Not termites. Not termites. You can't see those. I could see them from inside. There were there were bugs. And the shed definitely had spots of rot. Rotten wood. See, this is not my area of expertise, as you can tell. So I really don't have all the proper terminology. But I know the shed is gone. And I know what's under the shed now. And I promise to share that with you on this edition of After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. At this point, you can be secure in the knowledge that I not only survived the shed removal, but are you ready for this? I actually went out there. After the crew was gone, I went out there and took close-ups. I don't think I want to share them with you, though. I have photos, but I'm a little embarrassed about what's under the shed. Keeping in mind that I did not build the shed. I did not install the shed. I only bought the house three years ago, but it's clear there was animal activity under the shed. (laughs) So, yeah, again, I don't think I'm going to share it with you because I'm a little embarrassed to show you these photos from my backyard. But step two, check. Step one was removing everything from the shed. And covering it, stacking it, and covering it with a tarp and securing the tarp. I don't know if this is how rednecks feel, but on my patio right now, I have a blue tarp covering all of my belongings from the shed. It's secured by a tire. That that does seem kind of redneck, right? As Bob tells me, redneck is another term for ingenious and, and brilliant and resourceful. That's what he tells me. So, okay. I used a tire and a ladder to secure 
the sh- the tarp over all my shed stuff. Is it is this? Can I tell you what I've thought about multiple times this week? This is added to the list of things I never thought I'd do as a chick, ever. Empty a shed, pile all my belongings on the patio, cover it with a tarp that's secured by a tire and two by fours, and watch them dismantle my shed. Isn't this the point of getting married? (laughs) That someone else gets to do this stuff. (laughs) No! (laughs) The whole time. And then I had to rake leaves by headlamp on Thursday afternoon because it's late November and the sun goes down at 2.30 in the daytime. Anyway, so I will give Bob credit because he said to me today, Babe, you shouldn't have to do these things. I should be there. Except the first time you say it, it's sweet. The second time or the third time you say it, you know what my reaction is? That's not helping. (laughs) Stop saying it. All you're doing is reminding me that you're not here and I'm doing it myself. (laughs) Wait until I tell you what I almost did. I almost what pulled the girliest girly girl thing you could ever imagine. There was some screeching. That was that was fairly girly girl. Okay, not like that. I, I didn't go psycho on someone. Are you saying that's the girliest girl thing that could happen? I could go psycho? All right. Screeching. When was the last time you cleaned out a shed, you big fat jerk? Mm, spend some time. Yeah. When was the last time you raked any leaves, you jerk? Uh, been some time. Yeah, exactly. Jay's got a cushy life. Uh, I used to. I I had a I have a oh, decently sized. When backyard. I was twelve, I no. used to. So many summers, and and then into the fall, raking the leaves. You don't my, rake leaves in the summer. Well, into the fall, I would mow it all summer, and then like take care of it into the fall. And that was probably my least favorite thing to do was rake leaves and then put them in the bag and empty the bag. This was for a job, correct? No, this was actually just at my house. I did mm. do it for a little bit at the job. That wasn't the job, but it when was, was the last time you had to do manual labor at your house? And no, cleaning your room does not count. <laughs> I mean, like, had to. I got helped out with, like, the pond now and then or the pool. But, like, in terms of, like, hey, go rake the leaves, mm, a couple years. Yeah, definitely. Okay, and by couple five. years, he means 10. Probably 10. Easily. Before he went to college, for heaven's mm, sakes. Yeah, probably. Oh, my God. Yeah, between you and Bob, oh, babe, I should be doing this. Yes, yes, you should. And you giggling in there at me, how every muscle in my body hurts from all the manual labor I did this week. If I lived closer, I would have came over oh, and yeah. You know that. Jay's told me multiple times, if only I didn't live so far away, I'd be happy to help. I recall you said the same thing about putting my TV stand together. Yeah. Mm. And I yeah. did come over to put it together once. We just didn't get to it. I forgot why, but. Probably because I was feeding you. That's probably why. Probably. <laughs> It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, we have a lot to get to. I'm not even sure we're allowed any small talk. That might have been our quota for small talk on this edition of the show. Ah, happy almost Friday. I have to be on a plane in nine and a half hours. <laughs> what is wrong with me? Seriously, what is wrong? Don't answer that question. There's, I'm sure, more than one answer. It's totally fine. <laughs> It's not totally fine, actually, because if I could have one superpower, I would have the ability to sleep on planes, but I can't, and I don't, and it's the worst ever, so it'll be excruciating. The only time I can ever remotely even doze off on a plane is when I listen to Frank Sinatra, 
So put in my headphones, listen to Frank. Maybe that will be the key on Friday, lunchtime. It's soothing. I think that'll help. It can't hurt. I don't, I won't think so. It can't hurt. (laughs) Well, on that note, I don't have a superpower, but I do know how to talk about football. So let's do that, shall we? We're off and running week 11 in the NFL. That's crazy. But do you know this time next week, you'll have leftovers from your Thanksgiving meal. I hope you will. I hope you'll have leftovers. But the dishes will need to be done already. The family's maybe still hanging out, but that, but you're all a lot fatter. I will be a lot fatter, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanksgiving, by the way, is the best meal of the year. Don't at me, or at me if you must. But yeah, this time next week, all the hard work, all the cooking, all the preparations, all the cleaning, all the everything to get ready for friends or family, or maybe it's just a small Thanksgiving meal. Maybe you're going out. My mom and her husband, they actually go on vacation for Thanksgiving. And so they order theirs from somewhere. They don't cook in their trailer. (laughs) Anyway, Thanksgiving will be done for all except for, well, I guess if you you eat your Thanksgiving meal at 11 o'clock at night, the Pacific time zone, then it'll still be your Thanksgiving. But for the most part, the meal, the traditions, a lot of them will be wrapped up by this time next week. Wow. If you're traveling... Leave early, as in early, early. If you're flying, I got nothing for you. That's like Jeff Probst on Survivor. I got nothing else for you. Goodbye. (laughs) I love Thanksgiving, and so I want to savor it. But there's a lot that has to be done between now and then. For sure. I actually walked by the turkey section at the grocery store on Thursday afternoon and thought, I need to snag one of those things. It's a week away. And then I forgot to go back and get it. I was a bit I was a bit useless. I had my arms full. Do you ever go into the grocery store and you think, I don't need a cart. I don't need a basket. I'm good. I don't need a buggy. I've I'm just gonna grab a couple things. And then by the time you get up to the cash register or the checkout lines, your arms are so full you're about to drop everything. <laughs> That was me on Thursday afternoon. I didn't have room for a turkey. (laughs) I didn't have room for Mr. Butterball. You know what I keep forgetting to do now is bring my own bag to the supermarket or to the mall even who doesn't give me a bag. When was the last time you went to the supermarket? Last weekend, actually. I I had to go. Yeah. Why, what was wrong with you? Uh, I was had to pick up some things, and I pick, was picking up some things for my mom who needed some stuff. But, yeah, I was in there. Things and stuff. Things and stuff, you know. Um, but then, I, yeah, I, I you know, the cart's done, and then I go to my car, and there's, which was fine. I just wheeled the cart to the car. I get to my house, though, and I got to bring everything in one mm-hmm. by one. Yeah. You either not- have to take boxes, or this is New Jersey and New York, for those of you who don't know. And I think there are some plastic bag bans in other parts of the country. Um, but in New Jersey and New York, there are no more plastic bags. So you can't, well, you can buy canvas bags at the grocery store, but you can't get bags at the store. Otherwise you have to take your own. Uh, if you're going to reuse, reduce, reuse, recycle, if you're going to reuse your plastic bags, but most people take canvas bags or boxes. I see people with boxes too. I went to the mall the other weekend also. I went to Macy's and bought jeans, and they didn't give me a bag for my purchase. So I was walking around the mall with just, like, loose pairs of jeans on my shoulder like an idiot. (laughs) On your shoulder? That is a little odd. But I didn't know where to put them. I was just, they didn't give me a bag. I was like, I get a bag. You're like, oh, we don't have any. And I didn't bring one. 
So I'm just walking around the mall to my yeah, car. Who like would I bring a them. bag to the mall? I wouldn't. <laughs> Ridiculous. You need a man purse. A purse, yeah. Or a satchel. A satchel. You need a man satchel. That'd be nice. A briefcase. <laughs> Pick a briefcase with them all. That'd be a little <laughs> suspect. Uh, your jeans would fit just fine in there. So, on all of those notes, I was going to talk about football. I am going to talk about football, but those seem to be more pressing matters. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on our Facebook page and also on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS. That's where you will find the Game of the Week poll. As we were wrapping up our last show, we were going through the NFL schedule, and I purposely looked at every other game except the Monday night game just for fun, and nobody noticed. Maybe you thought I ran out of time, and that's why I didn't get to it. No, that's I was just waiting to see if somebody was going to point out to me that the game of the week is clearly Monday night. But maybe you don't think so. It'll be fun to see if any other games get votes in the TD of the Week poll, if any other games manage even five votes apiece, I suppose there will be AFC North faithful, AFC North disciples that go with the other AFC North game. That's Pittsburgh and Cleveland coming up on Sunday. And to that end, as we prepare to dive into AFC North football, you don't want to miss... Mary Kay Cabot coming up at the top of next hour. She is a longtime Browns insider for Cleveland.com and the Plain Dealer. She's on the show at least once a year. And with everything that's happened in the last week for the Browns, think about it. They have a stunning come-from-behind win in Baltimore. We're about to kick off week 11. They rally from 14 points down. And it it was dramatic even then. But 14 points down in the fourth quarter. They miss an extra point that would have tied the game. And then they get a late drive for a field goal to beat the Ravens in Baltimore. They move to 6-3 and on the season. Only to find out 48 hours later that Deshaun Watson is gone for the year. They're preparing to start their rookie quarterback. And now they host Pittsburgh. So, yeah, emotional. I've heard from so many Browns fans this week since it happened. So what you want to do is stick around for that conversation. And if you can't, well, then make sure you get it on our podcast, which will be posted first thing weekday morning, weekday mornings, but Friday, first thing Friday. What a better way to start your Friday. So that game very well could get a few votes, but Steelers and Browns is the other half of the AFC North. The first half of the AFC North happened on Thursday night back in Baltimore. So here are the Ravens hosting two of their division opponents within five days of each other, having already lost to the Browns in stunning fashion. Did you know, by the way, that the Ravens have coughed up more fourth quarter double-digit leads since the beginning of last season than any other team in the NFL. And we had talked to you all this week about how it was a problem for the Ravens. Last year, they could not protect fourth quarter leads. And the larger the lead, it seemed like the more susceptible they were. So when they took a fourth quarter lead, I actually got a couple tweets about how the Bengals were no doubt going to come back. We'll get to the actual game. 
narrator, they did not come back. But the most significant moment of the game, and this is regardless of who you root for, simply because it continues what has been a disturbing trend in 2023. This happened late in the first half. Joe Burrow is walking into the locker room. They're just showing a picture on the TV screen of Joe Burrow heading toward the locker room. And he tried on the sideline as he was mm. throwing. He His throwing motion, he couldn't finish extending his right arm. The throwing oh motion. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an elbow, a shoulder, what the problem is, but he's struggling for sure. He was really upset as he had the football in his hand, started to do the throwing motion, and grimaced in pain without releasing the ball. And, and now he's kind of grabbing at his left side. I wonder if he's got some sort of an issue with the left side as he tried to follow through. I, who knows? I mean, it's all conjecture and speculation now. And Jimmy Burrow and his mother, Robin, they go to every game. They're in the stands, and Jimmy Burrow's wondering what's going on with his son, Joe, right now, as everybody is. It looked like he sprained his wrist, so fell on it early in the game and then felt it on the touchdown pass. Not something I was expecting. Um, didn't know he had any problems or anything, so um, it was just tough seeing that happen during a game like that. Um, but hope you get well. Most luck for him. First, you hear the voice of Zach Taylor quickly that it looks like Joe Burrow sprained his wrist, and I hope that's the worst of it. But if you're watching the broadcast on Amazon Prime and you could hear Dan Hord and Dave Lapham, they're seeing the replay or they're seeing the video of Joe Burrow on the sidelines. He was so frustrated and maybe even angry. Just ticked off. He got healthy from the calf injury that he suffered. What was it? The first day of training camp that he got the calf injury, essentially? It really impacted him all the way through the first, we'll say, five weeks of the season. He finally got healthy. The Bengals go on a run. They rattle off four consecutive wins. Did lose last week, of course. But now he's hurt again. So if you're Joe Burrow, you're you're livid. And it appeared as though, as he got tackled by Jadavian Clowney on the touchdown pass, he got rolled up on and... His wrist was bent at an awkward angle. Now, I don't know if that's the whole extent of the injury because Amazon Prime kept showing video, well, really more a still photo taken from a video of him walking into the stadium with a brace on his wrist. And no one had seen it before, really. No one had noticed it before. And also they made the point that he wasn't on the injury list at any point this week. And so it was a bit of a surprise to see him with this type of brace or wrap on his wrist as he's walking into the stadium. So maybe it was something he was already dealing with, slight pain, of course not going to keep him out of a game, but because it's his throwing wrist, they at least were trying to stabilize it or make sure that he didn't further impact it, further tweak it just randomly while he's carrying his luggage into the stadium. So he ends up trying to throw on the sidelines. And honestly, I didn't think it was his wrist because it felt like when he pulled his arm back, I was worried it was his shoulder because he couldn't lift his arm all the way up. And when he went to cock his, his wrist back behind his ear, 
to throw. I actually thought, I wonder if that's a UCL or if you hear about tennis elbow, that ligament that's so painful. Thankfully, it wasn't that because that would be far worse. But you hear about the sprained wrist from Zach Taylor and the Jamar Chase. Gosh, it is a league of next man up, but that's tough. He's one of the best pure quarterbacks in the league, and the offense is is built for him. He runs it. So the Ravens already had a lead at that point, but they got to see Jake Browning the rest of the way. Burrow did come out from the halftime locker room, but he did not go in the game again, and we didn't hear from him after the fact. So we'll dive into Thursday Night Football. You can find me on Twitter, A Law Radio. You can look for the After Hours Game of the Week poll. I'm retweeting it right now. Jay has it up quickly because says it was fairly clear exactly which games he should put in there. I think you should have just put four of Monday Night Football. <laughs> just put it. <laughs> just just put it games. in every or. Could you do a poll with just one option? That would have been funny. I could. The uh, af- maybe. The after hours game of the week, which is one option. <laughs> Here's the poll. No write-ins. <laughs> We've only given you one option. It's like uh, the tales that you hear about, I don't know, communist regimes, that type of thing, where you can only vote for one person. <laughs> Oppressive governments where you just have one person to vote for. What do you want for dinner? It's pizza. Like that. What kind of pizza would you like? (laughs) You just get you just get one option. Yeah, so you can vote for the TD of the week. No, that's that's next week. Sorry, you can vote for the game of the week. My brain is modeled. Uh, Also on our Facebook page after hours. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Edwards sweeping to the left side, puts his shoulder down, he's in, touchdown, bus, and the Ravens strike first with 10-0-2 to play in the opening quarter. 
Second and goal from the four as the Bengals try to take the lead for the first time. We've got 5.55 left in the half. Burrow to pass. Quick throw. Nixon catches at the four. Yeah, yeah. Touchdown! Bengals as he got to the pylon before Roquan Smith could bring him down. A four-yard touch pass, a touchdown pass from Burrow to Mixon, who's doing a choreographed dance in the end zone. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. The game was 10-7. Bengals in front after an early field goal and then an 82-yard drive with Joe Burrow at the helm. However, on that touchdown pass that you hear from Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on Bengals Radio, Burrow has his wrist crumpled up underneath him, uh, kind of tucked and and pinched underneath him uh, when Jadavian Clowney took him out or took him down, and he does not return. He attempts to throw on the sidelines but grimaces even as he's pulling the ball back and cocking his arm. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Jerry Sandusky is the voice of the Ravens Radio Network, and they put points on the board on the opening drive. Gus Edwards, he's become a touchdown machine. And the game really turned not just on the Joe Burrow injury because that would be too easy. Joe Burrow doesn't play defense. With three minutes to go in the first half, this was still just a three-score or three-point game, excuse me. Bengals are trying to get a guy off the field late. It'll be third down and six. They do. Two and a half to play first half. Jackson from the shotgun. Throws to the middle of the field. It's deflected. And it's picked out of the air by Aguilar. He's running to his left. Breaks the tackle to 15. Near side to the five. And he does a somersault into the end zone. 37-yard tip and catch. Jermaine Pratt tipped it for the Bengals. But Aguilar was in the right place at the right time. Touchdown, Baltimore. Third down and eight from the Bengal 11. Jackson takes the snap. Pocket collapsing. He escapes. Runs to the left. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Rashad Bateman. His first of the year. And the Ravens extend their lead. Again, Jerry Sandusky on Ravens Radio. Two touchdowns within two and a half minutes to end the first half. And the Ravens not only get a long score from Lamar to Nelson Aguilar, but they also get... Another one of those touchdown drives where you're reminded they're not just a ball control team. Can they control the ball? Can they run the ball? Uh, Can they use that slower, kind of plodding, methodical touchdown drive or methodical drive? uh, Those possessions that can wear out a defense, sure. But they go 80 yards in a minute, just over a minute right before half. Uh, So they also were able to speed up the tempo a bit. And that is the turning point. Those 14 points in the final two and a half minutes that put them up 21-10 at the break. The defense, I don't know if their eyes light up. It's one of those emojis with stars for eyes. I don't know if uh, the eyes of a veteran defense light up when you have a rookie. Well, he's not a rookie. When you have a relatively unused quarterback. All right, so the, the eyes of the Steelers defense may light up on Sunday because it's a rookie on the other side. But Jake Browning, he's taken a couple snaps in the NFL before, uh, but doesn't have a ton 
of experience. And so you kind of wonder whether or not a veteran defense thinks, all right, come to Papa. Rounding the shotgun on first and 15, looking to throw under pressure, pumps once, surrounded. He's grabbed, he's wrestled, and he's taken in a turf, sacked by Adafi Owe. And for Adafi Owe, the sacks are starting to come. That's his fourth sack of the season. It's third down and five. Browning backpedaling, pocket collapsing. He escapes, tries to scramble, but he'll be corralled and dropped at the 22-yard line. Sacked on third down. And the Ravens' defense forces the Bengals three and out for a third consecutive possession. Credit to God and glory to God. We appreciate the opportunity to play in a game like this and for the opportunity to be victorious. And also want to give credit to the fans. Uh, our fans were really great. I mean, our fans were loud. They had to take delay games. They had a tough time communicating out there. Uh, they couldn't get lined up numerous times as a result of the crowd noise. I mean, our fans were there. It was fun. It was a great environment to be in. The stadium people that put the stadium together and all the, all the fireworks and lights and everything else and darkness. It was really just an amazing, amazing night. It was just a fun night in Baltimore. So our team played exceptionally well, and I'm proud of them for um, finding a way to, to win this game, play their best football. They absolutely did, and despite having a backup quarterback uh, in the first half, they outscored the Bengals 21-10, to and it still would have been enough to win. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, take our poll for Game of the Week. I think there's a distinct possibility at least one of the also-rans, I'm just calling it now, one of the also-rans doesn't even end up getting a vote. Or maybe it's pity vote, like a pity date. I don't know if guys do that sort of thing, but but girls do actually now and then have been known to agree to a pity date. I mean, if the, if the boy was bold enough to ask you, you kind of feel bad for him because it's probably the only date he's had in a really long time, then if he wants to buy you dinner, well, okay. Anyway, uh, uh, Pity, pity votes is what we're talking about here. And so uh, we'll see if anything even comes close to what is Monday night. But even as we think about Monday night and the top team in the AFC, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Ravens now have eight wins. So while the Chiefs can match them, And have a better winning percentage if they are victorious on Monday night. Right now, it's Chiefs and Ravens as the top dogs in the AFC. And, of course, the Eagles still have the best record in football. They are 8-1. and So just spitballing here. If the Chiefs beat the Eagles, and I don't know that they will, but if they do, then you'll have three teams that are at eight wins. And it kind of steps down from there. But those are clearly uh, the top teams in the NFL. So take our poll. It's also on our Facebook page. After hours with Amy Lawrence, there was one major price that was paid by the Ravens in this victory on Thursday night. So the injury bug is not just for the Cincinnati Bengals, but man, it is astounding how many starting quarterbacks are dealing with significant injuries and missing time or have already been lost for the season. It's, yeah, it blows me away. It's definitely going to be a hallmark of this particular 2023 campaign and we're seeing the offense across the board produce lower numbers and averages that are not what you would expect in this high-flying potent 
type of offensive football that we've come to expect in the NFL. And we still do have a few quarterbacks that can sling it, but so many of them are dealing with injuries. Thankfully, Lamar Jackson, not one of them. He doesn't want to hear you ask about his ankle. Of course, people ask about it anyway. Uh, So yeah, we'll get to that coming up. We're just getting started. Browns at the top of the hour because they were the other team in the AFC North that lost its quarterback this week. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. After Hours Podcast. They give it to the boss, and the boss rolls in. Touchdown, Ravens. And with 4.49 left to play, the Hazen Labar. <laughs> This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That is Jerry Sandusky's signature phrase, the hay is in the barn, meaning the game is all but done. And it was, and really the turning point, those final two and a half minutes, or really the final four minutes, if you will, of the first half. Not only were the Bengals trying to adjust on a couple of brief possessions to Jake Browning snapping the ball or not snapping it, but taking the snaps and then running the offense, but the Ravens were able to put together two relatively lengthy but quick touchdown drives and going from down 10-7 to up 21-10 put the game out of reach for Cincinnati. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Baltimore was three for four in the red zone, which I think is significant because they have struggled in the red zone in the past. And also they have managed to protect a lead four days after blowing it against Cleveland. So that's something that should be said for them as well because it's been an area of weakness, an area of concern for the Ravens going back to the beginning of last season. But there were nine flags for, get this, 110 yards. That's a lot of penalty yards. And the victory came with a major cost. You may have seen Mark Andrews limping off the field after the opening drive. Unfortunately, on the negative side, Mark Andrews has a very serious ankle injury. It looks like a season-ending injury. So um, our prayers will be with Mark. He uh, Nobody cares more about the team. And... Uh, and being there for the guys and Mark Andrews. So it's going to be hard for him, but we're going to be there for him all the way. Very tough, bro. That's the guy who I, you know, entered the league with. You know, we've been 
bread and butter, uh, peanut butter and jelly, whatever you want to call it. Yes. But that's very tough because that's my boy. That's like receiver one sometimes, you know. And for him to go out first quarter, you know, and he's been having a remarkable year, one touchdown away from a record, I think. That's that's tough, man. But we gotta we gotta somehow do it without him. We got Likely, we got we got Charlie, we got guys who gonna step up. But it's tough. Lamar Jackson speaking about his tight end Mark Andrews, who is very often his favorite target. It's not that different from what we see with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Now, granted, Pat and Travis have a longer tenure. Um, and th- theirs has been more productive in terms of numbers. However, when Lamar needs someone to secure a catch, a lot of times on third down, or they need to move the ball, and he's got a lot of young receivers around him, when he has to throw, Mark Andrews, is he's reliable, and he's shorthanded, and he's only missed a couple of games in the last uh, three seasons, I believe. This is really tough because he is leading the league. Get this. I- I knew it was a down year for tight ends, even with Travis Kelsey having some of the the gaudy uh, performances that he does where he gets over 100 yards or blah, blah, whatever. I mean, he does tend to dazzle uh, when he and Pat are, they're locked in, and, and that's one of the advantages they have over any given opponent. But Mark Andrews actually leads the league in touchdowns by tight ends. He has six. Isn't that crazy? We're more than halfway through the season, and he's the only tight end that has six touchdowns. Uh, This is just a side note because of fantasy. And I was retooling my fantasy lineup. You know, there are bye weeks, of course, all the way through. I think it's a couple more weeks before we're done with byes. And so you have to routinely check your roster before football, the football weekend kicks off. And (laughs) I realized that my tight end is on a bye. Now, I just will say this. I've thought about dropping Kyle Pitts multiple times, not because I don't think he's a – this is fantasy. This is not reality, but he's a great tight end, but he's not having a good year. It's like Christian Watson, young, dynamic wide receiver, not having a good year for the Packers, and it's in large part because of what's happening with the Atlanta offense and also the Green Bay offense. It's not just them. So I was going to drop him. Instead, I put him on my bench and – try to find another tight end. It's almost impossible to find a really productive tight end out there. Honestly, I don't even remember who I picked because it wasn't anything exciting. I think I probably would have gone with Hunter Henry of the the Patriots, except that they're on by as well. Shoot, I forgot who I picked. That's how notable it was. Luke Musgrave. Oh, that's who I picked. Actually, thank you. That's who I picked. Is he a rookie? Uh, I'm not positive. Oh, he might not be a rookie, but he's a young young player for the Packers, and he's actually had a bunch of big catches in the last couple games. But remember, he also had the one where his knee or his knee was down shy of the goal line, right? right? So anyway, I did pick him up. Thank you, Producer Jay. Why is it that whenever we have fantasy challenges, we end up picking the same players? I actually didn't. I picked up. So I have Darren Waller, who's been out on the IR for weeks now. Yeah. Uh, so I picked up about two, three weeks ago, Trey McBride on Arizona. Mm-hmm. And two weeks ago when Clayton Toon played, he was horrendous. And I of was course. like, but then I still I needed a tight end. I don't have one. I have Waller. And like you said, it's so thin this year. So McBride last week with Murray had over 100 yards. So he was awesome. So hopefully he rides that again. All right. Might have found a diamond in the rough there. Yeah. I don't want to bench Kyle Pitts, but 
well, first of all, he's on by this week. But second of all, it just, it's been anemic at that position, unless you have one of the better tight ends, which Mark Andrews is one of them. Uh, Lamar does not want to hear you ask questions about his ankle. His ankle is fine. I'm trying to get back out there. I'm telling them I'm good, you know, but they're going to do what they do to try to get us back on that field fast as they could, you know, but I'm good. We need to start talking about this ankle. I'm good. You see, I just walked up here. I'm good. <laughs> we ain't going to talk nothing into existence, you know, speak nothing into existence. I'm good. That's right. Don't speak it into existence. Jay's big on that. Don't speak anything negative into existence. He actually thinks once you put it out there in the atmosphere, then, then it's a distinct possibility. Absolutely. I knew I liked Lamar. He gets it. See, you can't put it out there. He gets you. He <laughs> gets it. He gets me. Uh, Patrick Queen. This is fun and not a surprise because it is the AFC North and there's much jawing and snipping back and forth. They're very snippy. Uh, he says, yeah, it's cool to be able to say we swept the season series with Cincinnati. They had a lot of stuff to talk and um, put that to bed. So, uh, you know, it's still a long season, still chances. Might, might have to play them again. You never know. So, um, Definitely, definitely just got to keep working, but it definitely feels good. Feels good because they have a lot to talk about. I do like the Bengals' defense. I know it's much to ask of them when there's not much offense that keeps them off the field and gives them a blow, especially late in the second half. And Lamar Jackson, the run game, Gus Edwards, uh, certainly Keaton Mitchell, who wasn't well nobody really found room to run in the first half did you notice that the Bengals were able to hold the Ravens to just 30 yards rushing in the first half of this game so that's a big deal but they were able to find some space in the second half and I do think the Bengals defense it can talk a little bit but it also can back up that talk most of the time I didn't do that late against CJ Stroud in last week's game and a little bit too much to ask in the second half of this game. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You can find me on Twitter, Radio, on our Facebook page too. I cannot believe we're going into a holiday week. So a lot of people take off all of Thanksgiving week, lots of people traveling. I'm looking forward to traveling, though I will be with you on Sunday night into Monday. Uh, we heard Zach Taylor about Joe Burrow, but what about the performance of his backup QB, uh, Jake Browning? There's certainly positives there for Jake, and, and proud of the way that the guys competed around him and uh, gave us opportunities to try to get back in the game. It's just too little too late. Definitely bummed to see him go down, but I'm kind of the one guy in the locker room that's got to prepare as if he's going to go down. So, uh, you know, I, throughout the week, just getting ready in case he does, and felt like I didn't really miss a beat hopping in. Just wish we would have gotten some more drives together, but, yeah, anytime. Anytime anybody goes down, it sucks. And obviously, Joe's a big part of the team, so him going down sucks. But that's kind of why I'm here, just to go in when he goes down. It is such a strange mental headspace that you have to be in. I know that I I understand that's redundant. It's a strange headspace you have to be in when you're a backup QB, or really a backup anything. But a backup QB, you recognize that the entire offense may fall to you if your quarterback gets injured. And so at any given moment, you could be called into duty. Not call of duty, but uh, called into duty. And so you you have to prepare as though the quarterback is going to get hurt. It's really weird. And then when the quarterback does get hurt, well, you feel badly for him, right? Because he's your teammate and and probably your friend in many cases. And yet, hey, that's my number. I, my number's up. It's just it's a weird thing to do. 
Um, and so the Bengals will have to move on, at least for now. They weren't able to generate a ton of offense in the second half without Joe Burrow, but, you know, Jake Browning is, as he says, uh, pressed into duty, and here's Zach Taylor say, we just didn't have enough time. He found some momentum and actually completed his first pass. It was really pretty. Uh, a, a rhythm pass and had no issues getting started, getting acclimated, uh, but not able to get into the end zone until late in the game. So a little bit later, we'll look at the possibilities on the Bengals' schedule if they are without Joe Burrow for an extended period of time. But straight ahead, we deal with the other injured quarterback in the AFC North. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio.